Hello and welcome to UW Oshkosh Police Department's UWOPD On The Mic podcast. This is a podcast developed by the UW Oshkosh Police Department that focuses on having authentic conversations around safety, policing, resources, and questions that we hear from our community members. The idea is to provide community members with answers to questions that will ultimately increase their desire to partner with us and really other law enforcement agencies that will help them solve problems, reduce the fear in our community, and build stronger relationships with each other. And today I'm in the room with some really special guests. Today we're going to talk about scams, fraud, and extortion and how that could impact our community members. And I've got a lot of people who are super smiley at me. Actually, none of them are really smiling right now, but uh, I want to introduce them to you. So I'm going to start off at my left here. And Pete, have you introduced yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Pete Ehlert. I am currently a uh, um, with the town of Winnick County Police Department. I'm the chief there. Recently retired from the Winnebago County Sheriff's Office and... Uh, been a part of our fraud campaign here, working with uh, the other two officers in the room. Um, we started this a couple of years ago and um, kind of take off from there. I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit more about it as we go along. But um, as I said, I'm Pete Ehlert. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right, thanks, Pete. And next to Pete is uh, Darinka. So Darinka, go ahead. Hello, uh, my name is Tarinka. I work for UW Oshkosh. I am a student success navigator with the Department of Student Outreach and Retention. Um, and I graduated about a year ago with a double degree in Spanish and social work. Thank you so much for being in here. And, and I'm super excited to have you in here because Darinka helped us recently on a hiring panel. And I was like, we got to get you in a podcast. And she's got a great story and a great perspective. And so I'm excited to have you in the room. So Dan, you're up. Hey, thanks for the invite. My name is Dan Wickman. I'm the Community Liaison Officer for Fox Crossing Police Department. I've been with that agency for about 26 years now and been a liaison officer for the past five and a half. So it's been real fun and uh, happy to be talking about this subject today. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. And Megan. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Megan Cash of the Appleton Police Department. I am the Community Resource Unit uh, Supervisor as well as our Public Information Officer. It is so much fun to be here. I even brought along one of my toys from the toy ride-along that we have going on. It's a fun community engagement piece for our police department. And so why not bring along a toy from a young child from our community called Star Belly Dream Light. So fun times with some fun people here. That's good because I was going to ask you what it was called again and I couldn't remember. But that's super cool. So that's a, that's a kid who's in your community who donated their toy for a short window of time to ride with you. Yeah, so it's been going on since the pre-pandemic, uh, a great program for us to engage with kids in our community that maybe aren't old enough to ride along themselves, but they can bring their toy to the police department for a week and then we send them pictures of the adventures that toy gets to go on. Ah, that's very cool. Very cool. Well, as you heard in the intro, this is a way for us to connect with community members. And I would argue in this situation here where we have town of Winnicani slash just recently Winnebago County Sheriff's Office, Fox Crossing PD, Appleton PD, and uh, employee from UW Oshkosh in here. This is truly an opportunity for us to help educate these communities on some of the things that happen in our community. And so here at UW Oshkosh, I mean, we have a community that is filled with vulnerability, right? It's uh, students and employees who work here, probably more the students in the vulnerability aspect where they're trying to figure out how to navigate a lot of things, right? Like getting into college, I don't have my parents around, I live on campus or off campus. And then there's a segment of our community who tries to capitalize on that vulnerability. And so this podcast specifically, I just wanted to talk about some of the things that you all talk about in a program. And I, I, 
I recently saw that there was like an award that you guys got for doing something like this. Is that is that true or no? I, I don't know if it's an award. But it's more like it's recognition. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Lieutenant Cash, uh, Pete Eller, and myself, we all uh, got our heads together um, as community engaging officers that we are, crime prevention officers, and we wanted to work on some sort of a goal to combat the ever-increasing number of frauds and scams that are happening throughout our communities. Deputy Ellert at the time uh, knew some contacts over at Verve, a credit union, and reached out to them, and they're more than happy to partner with us to create a program that uh, they named the Fraud Squad. So they've taken that clever name, and they've just offered a lot of uh, online tools to help their, not just their members, of their financial institution, but all members of the community with tips on how to identify, spot, and eliminate those constant emails, texts, and phone calls that we get uh, trying to exploit us. Okay, um, it's been a great uh, a great program so far. So let's talk about that first. Let's let's start with financial fraud, right? Like I think that's probably one of the more prevalent areas where we we, we end up with that here at UW Oshkosh too. And I can remember a few years back where somebody sent an email. And said, I'm so-and-so, I need you to transfer this much money to this bank account. And that was accomplished. So I'm, I'm definitely not the expert in the room, but that's why I brought these amazing people into here. So maybe, uh, Lieutenant Cash, can we start with you? Can you share a little bit about financial fraud? Yeah, when we uh, were looking at some of the statistics of just nationally, um, where the age groups of people that were losing money, that age 20 to 29 was actually 41% more likely to be involved in a scam or a fraud. Not necessarily losing the the same amount of money as somebody that's much older, but it was happening more frequently. So when we look at that ability to prevent those scams, those frauds, extortion, that financial piece is huge for somebody that's younger. Their financial ability to, to respond to something like that is so much lower than an established person that when you look at a young person in our communities, losing $100 or even less at times could mean a lot of things and a lot of trauma for that person. So that's where for, for our program with the Fraud Squad, it was really just important to be able to cross all those age boundaries, that it's not just our elderly population. It's not somebody who doesn't know how to use a computer. I mean, I will say this morning, I almost got scammed on, on Instagram. Somebody um, actually trying to hack the Appleton P PD's Instagram saying, hey, um, your account's going to get locked out. Here are all these things. And uh, and if I wouldn't have deleted it as fast as I I'm, I, I did, it would be a, a great opportunity to be able to show that as well. Yeah, that's good. I It's funny, that story. So, I mean, I know my, my listener group is probably closer to 17 to 29 years old, just based on our data. And Facebook isn't the coolest thing in the world, right? But uh, there was a vice chancellor who worked here a couple of years ago. And probably about a year and a half ago, I got a message from her on on Facebook Messenger. And she's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, like she cares about me. I'm going to reach back out, right? So I'm like, it's great. And we started a conversation, and we're talking back and forth. And then, I don't know, there was a weird question where I was like, mm, this seems weird. So I popped out of that Messenger app and went and looked for her name and popped into that one, and it wasn't her. And then I was like, whoa. <laughs> like it really kind of messed with my head for a second. Well, then I realized that somebody actually stole her mm -hmm. profile picture, created their own messenger account and just had it one 
letter off, or I think they actually had a number at the end of her name and recreated an account. And I thought it was her just because, I mean, they looked exactly the same. Now, I never gave any information, but I certainly could have gotten to that point because of the trust I had in her relationship. It, it just clicked in my head that, whoa, you should be careful here, you know, and I'm thinking that's some of what that, I think that's like social engineering, right? Where you use that to figure out how to fraud somebody or scan somebody out of something. Absolutely. When we look at uh, the last few years, a lot of the scams we were seeing were people that were trying to foster animals. You know, you're, you're stuck inside amid COVID. You're trying to have something to do. So you decide I'm going to get a puppy and people were putting tons of money into fostering a puppy to find out the puppy didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So think about the crushing aspects of that. And so that's another just example of it doesn't need to be the grandma or grandpa scam that everyone historically knows about. It can be something as simple as, hey, do you want to meet up? I saw your profile somewhere else. Or I think you could be the next influencer of X company. Join me and let's do this. Um, it can be terrifying. Yeah. Dan, are you seeing anything like this in your community where you, you know, you've, you've seen a certain trend of a certain area that you think people should know about? I can actually give you a, a personal example. My daughter, and this relates because she's 23 years old, so she's right in that age demographic of a lot of your listeners here. Uh, she's looking at changing her housing situation. She's going from renting an apartment to renting a home. So she started looking on Facebook Marketplace for some possibilities in town, uh, found a, a great one that looked really good. The price was right. She reached out. She said, yeah, I'll send you an application. Um, but something just didn't feel right in her gut. So she started to do a little bit of Facebook stalking. And the person who was advertising had zero friends, had very little of no pictures on the account, and uh, wasn't even located locally. Um, I ended up getting a link to that ad from her. She said, can you want to check this out? This doesn't seem right. I did some searching of the images that uh, were in that Facebook ad, and they were on Realtor.com for another listing uh, through an actual Realtor. So they had actually gone on to the website, had stolen those images, um, posed them as their own. They're all identical images, by the way. They didn't do a very good job of making them custom. Um, and we realized that this was just somebody else from another state trying to exploit some some fees. Because later on, she said, yeah, uh, here, some of the application if you want to, you know, Venmo me, you know, your down payment will will, will make this go quick, and uh, we just deleted it right away. So they're definitely out there. They're they're preying on that urgency and that too good to be true feeling. And uh, if you don't take that momentary pause to take a quick look, to just trust your gut for a second, do your homework, and more often than not, that too good to be true is. Yeah. So, Dorinka, as you hear about these things that we're talking about, does this sit with you at all? Do you have any stories that you think would help our listeners to understand a little bit of your perspective on this? Yeah, I think as a, I'm I'm in my mid twenties, so I'm definitely in that that age gap of the, the the students, the folks who are out here listening, and I get so many messages on social media saying become an ambassador um help promote this this whatever advertisement you know um and i often delete those um there has been a couple occasions where i have almost been caught in a scam however i tend to ask follow-up questions and if they ask the few things of um the few things that i look for in questions and scammers um are 
what's your email address so I can send you the all the documentation or the contract, right? Or they'll say, um, what what banking system do you go through? You don't need to know my banking system. You don't need to know my routing number. You don't need to know any of this information to you know, you want to send me money because of me promoting something, then we can do Cash App, um, Apple Pay, uh, Venmo, Zelle. There's so many other things that you can access where you don't need a banking system to access them. So those are just few of the things that I look out for. But as I'm hearing all these different examples, this conversation, I can definitely tell that I have almost been a victim of it however I get to I I definitely I definitely catch on you know um with with the whole scam thing so that's good I I, I was actually as you were initially talking as I'm listening to everybody talking here I, I can it's like a U.S. said ask follow-up questions and people say hesitation and to think about these things Pete as you're listening to these things are these things that you talk about in this presentation absolutely uh one thing that I always try to emphasize with people uh, when they receive those calls, those emails and things, is especially on phone calls, is I, I want people to not respond immediately. And by that I mean I will tell people, can I have a, to ask the question, can I have a phone number that I can contact you back? Or the, another piece of advice that I like to use with people um, a lot is if you do not initiate the whole process, that's especially something you really have to be cautious of. That if they're calling you or contacting you, um, do the, do your due diligence and do your homework so that to make sure that th- this is a very legitimate uh, opportunity for you. Um, and so that's why I say if they're contacting you, say, hey, is there a number that I can call you back at? Is there, I want to talk to my you know, if it's an elderly person, I want to talk to my son or my daughter. Or if it's a if it's a college student, hey, I'd like to talk to my parents before I make this decision. So, um, a lot of times that will that'll um, send that that fraudster back. Take have them take a step back because they understand then that you're you're making um, you're you're looking into things to make sure it's very legitimate and that they're not going to lose. And and like Megan said before. You know, for a college student, a hundred dollars can be a lot of money. Oh yeah, I, I mean agree. that's 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 meals. That's a lot of things for a college student, and and so something people think, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, it is for a lot of people, and so every penny counts. You've worked hard to have that money, um, and you shouldn't. Somebody shouldn't get it for nothing from you. Yeah, I think these are all great points, and I was even thinking, you know, what, as we talk about some of the indicators that people should look for it so it's slow down it's ask follow-up questions for me i mean because i you know it's funny i think people in the community will think well it just happens to me but there's five of us sitting in this room and every one of us has had a scam attempt against us it does against us and actually megan just said that uh, the police department tried to get or was attempted to scam this morning which is just hilarious to me that you're going to try to scam out a pd but uh i i always say if somebody's calling me or Recently, I've been getting these text messages from people that say, hello, how are you today? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what you, who are you? Like, actually, I just got one the other day. Hello. I did not say anything back, but I probably get 10 text messages a week saying, um, one, this one said, hello, are you free tomorrow? This one actually replied and said, no. Uh, 
Um, I just wanted to see if they would reply back. But I'm also a little nervous because I've heard stories that they'll take your phone number and enter you into all kinds of Absolutely. Thing, that's, so. that's a great point. So we, we see that a lot, especially um, Appleton PD, our, our, our Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter pages, um, even Snapchat can be, um, you know, something that people are going to find where your location is. So a lot of those things, um, you know, just for your overall personal safety, um, being cautious of where you're posting, what you're posting, how frequently you're doing that. Um, there are people that are going to wait to see when those posts go up and um, be able to, 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 take that opportunity to say, Hey, I saw you here. Um, so, you know, those are typically more of those local, maybe scammers when we're looking at those, those international level scammers, you know, we see that as click on this link and I'll show you to, to something special. I can't tell you how many times we get phone calls of people upset about, I clicked on that link that somebody posted on your, your story. Um, we can't control that. Mm -hmm. uh, how many, how many times, I'm just curious, and this isn't meant to be a, a bad question, but how many times has somebody offered free gift cards in a circumstance where you've gotten a free gift card? Like, I don't, I mean, I can't really think of that. Like, the people aren't just handing that stuff out or, you know, money orders. I mean, Drinka, you kind of said this, like, money orders are old school, right? Mm -hmm. Venmo, Cash App, Zelle. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of apps out there that you can verify purchasing and back and forth transactions on, which also kind of guarantee too that you're confirmed, right? Like PayPal or whatever. I'm assuming those are all kind of safe areas to transfer money, but that doesn't give you immunity to being scammed or frauded. Like that people will, uh, that's just a mechanism to send money too. So that's why they try to create a, create a relationship with you. So I, I'm interested in like, there's, there's a lot of different, examples of fraud and scams. So for the community who's listening to this, I'm just curious if we can kind of just go around and let's talk quickly about one fraud or scam thing that you've heard a story about or you've you've responded to. And I'm thinking of one recently here at UW Oshkosh where somebody started a messenger with uh, somebody and I don't know if I, I think they were connected on an app and some and it might even been a like a connect app like where you date or you're going to hook up or whatever. And they shared a picture and it was just a picture of their face. And then the person messaged back and had actually taken their picture and uh, put it, photoshopped it onto a naked body and then actually sent it back and said, I'm going to show this to all your friends unless you pay me a bunch of money. And the person really hadn't done anything wrong at that point. They just shared a picture of their face. And so I say this because I think there's so much engineering going on with capitalizing on your pride or who you are or your, you, you know, your values and your moral conduct and stuff like that. So this is what they're targeting. And so that's just a recent example of something that I think I just want people to know that's out there. That's a, that's a thing. And so not only being careful not to send actual nude pictures of yourself, but just thinking about, you know, do you really know this person you're communicating with and what is the outcome going to be? And just adding that layer of pause. And so Pete, I don't know if you've got another example. Right. I think that's something that's really important because the demographics of what we're talking to in this or who we're talking to in this podcast is very active social media wise. Uh, so they have a lot of pictures and a lot of personal type of information that's available out there. So you have to understand that there are people out there that are trying to take advantage of you. And something as simple as a picture of yourself as you just gave us an example, Chris, is um, very easily could put you in a position. You have to think about those things. Uh, 
You have to think about those things because as you're moving through your life and you're coming out of college and you're looking to get into um, whatever field you want to get into or whatever you want to do when you're completed, that can have a big impact on you. And so I think it's, we have to be very aware of what we do. We're all guilty of it. I mean, if you think everyone sitting in this room, we all have our social media pages. But do we stop and think about what could be done with it? Unfortunately, there is many, many, many people in this world that, um, you know, I try to explain it like this when I talk about social media with uh, young people. And also, and I, I've done it um, for adults as well, that um, you have to think about um, who has access to all of that information um, how they can use that information. And there's bad people that live in our communities, but there's a lot more bad people who live in our world that can, and with the internet and social media, have access to this. You know, you know when, when, we grew, when I grew up, <laughs> I guess I'm a little older than everybody else sitting at the table here, but when I grew up, you didn't have to worry about that stuff. You didn't worry about your community, and that was about it. But now you have to worry about everybody in the world. And so are there a lot of people out there that are trying to fraud and scam us? If you looked at the percentage numbers, it wouldn't seem that high. But, you know, when you're taking 2 3%, 4% of the world population, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So, and they have access to anybody they want because of the use of social media. Well, I'm thinking about, Lieutenant Cash, I'm thinking about your example, too, where when you post on social media, you know, every once in a while, I'll even look in my phone and that little icon will say, here's where your pictures were taken or whatever. And I'm like, how does it even know? where my pictures are taken. So it's thinking about your location services. And then if that, I think it's metadata or whatever is attached to that picture and you post it out there, that sometimes goes with it. Uh, and then they have access to it, right? So uh, can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think when, when we talk about that next generation, you know, the the, the kids that are younger than the, the college students that are out there now, uh, their entire life has been living online. And their parents have, have maybe even started them accounts at a much younger age. So when we look at kind of what are we seeing for scams with that, that, that age group, that younger age group, it's not only the, you know, the the photos being sent back and forth, but oftentimes it's the, I'm going to just show other people photos of you doing something, or I know where you are, that sense of urgency again, removing those aspects of safety out of someone's life, that they don't know, they, I know where you're going to be tomorrow. And that may be just because every Thursday you post a picture at the YMCA because that's where you are. Mm -hmm. um, that makes it very easy if somebody is determined to be able to do that. Um, but again, most scammers are going to be probably not that determined. They're going to go to the, the easiest target. And that's where what we're seeing more frequently um, in our community when it comes to young people um, is things like the Amazon scams, the emails, the texts, the messages you're going to say that, especially with, with a lot of the social media accounts, that your social media account's going to be removed because you violated our copyright or our guidelines or something on your page. Um, it doesn't go along with our community standards. And when you think about the average person's life and what their, their life exists online, that ability to connect with people online, that if that sense of that's going to be removed from my life and I don't have access to all of those people and those friends and all those things, that becomes an emergency very quickly for that individual. So really just taking that those couple of moments to ask that friend, ask a roommate, ask a parent or, or just another person nearby at this point um, is the best advice that we can continue to give people. 
Dan, as you hear this, um, do you do you have an, another example that might be unique to what we're talking about a little bit? I've I've experienced a lot of these uh, romance scam or intimacy scam uh, events at our agency recently. I mean, some have been drug out for the shortest period of time for a matter of a week where it's happened. Some have been four to five months long. Um, they're ranging on on apps that are more geared towards that immediate relationship, that immediate connection with somebody. Um, there are some that are um, seeking out individuals that are wanting that long-term relationship, and they're actually willing to put in the time and the effort and the conversations to draw out this trust, this bond for two, three, four months long, and then then the crisis hits. Then it's the, oh, yeah, my, my child is in surgery, and it really sucks. I wanted to come and visit you, but I can't. I don't have the money to do it. And then that offer comes up, well, I can send you $1,000 or $2,000, and, and they take it. And then the next crisis comes up, and before long, they're out ten grand, and then this person just disappears. Um, so many people have come to me and said, I thought this was all legit. I, I know this person. I can't believe they did this. And how could they do this to me? I said, they're probably talking to you, and they're also talking to 99 other people uh, throughout the course of their day trying to do the same thing. And unfortunately, they're good at what they do. Um, so I, I appreciate that story and that example. That's really important. I want to talk about that. And I'm going to, I'm going to go to you next, drink because I'm curious after you hear all this, like what are some things you want to know? But thinking about that, how do I, how do I know who's a real friend and who's not a real friend? I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Like if, what if I met 10 people online and I think they're all my friends, but now you're telling me that they're trying to get my money. The advent of technology is great for communication back and forth in these dating apps. And I'm not saying all dating apps are horrible. They're great ways to meet new people and experience new things. Um, but we also have that face-to-face -face opportunity as well. There's, there's live streaming. There's, there's FaceTime. There's the other means, the other apps where you can actually talk to a real person. Not, everything doesn't have to be a text communication. Everything doesn't have to be a Snapchat back and forth. Um, you lose that sense of a real relationship with somebody if, if it's just a simple you know, a couple words here and there. Um, that's a, that's a great example. Like I think, okay, so we, we get into a conversation and I'm getting to know you for a couple months and then I'm like, mm, I got this crisis coming up. I could really use some money. Well, let's chat, let's chat on FaceTime or on whatever video service that we can connect on and just see like, what, what do you actually look like? Are you the person uh, that might give some validity to the relationship? Right. Is that what we're absolutely. thinking? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here in all of this stuff, I'm, I'm interested, Dorinka, and like, where are you at? Like, um, you know, what questions do you have about, I don't know, I'm, I'm learning about a few things that make me nervous. What am I, what should I do, you know? Yeah, I guess, um, well, first, before I came into this podcast, I had one main question, and, and it was, how, how do scammers know who's the perfect person or target, especially on social media, like, how do they know they will convince and manipulate this person to send them money some way or another or like to scam them? My assumption is that they don't know that. They mm -hmm. pepper everybody they can until they latch into somebody who's, who's mm. going to give them what they need. But I'll, I, I'm looking to the room to see who wants <laughs> this one. I think we'd all jump in on this one, but I think uh, there's a couple things that happen. One, um, they have multiple, multiple, multiple people going at one time because they know they're going to get shut down at some point by most of those people. 
So they constantly are working people. They may have 50, 60 scams, I mean, that might be a reach, but at least that many going at one time because they know they're going to get shut down. If they have 50 going, they're going to get shut down on 48. So they keep going and going and going. And the other thing is, I think, how do they know who's vulnerable is on social media, we put ourselves out there and it's pretty easy to read sometime who the people, who the needy, for lack of a better word, people are. And with all the personal information we put out there, personal information isn't just throwing your name and address and bank account numbers out there. Personal information is put, making statements like, well, I really feel bad today about this or this happened to me today. That gives that scammer the opportunity to hook up have that conversation, say, well, why do you feel this way? Or I can help, maybe I can, by talking to you, can help you. So all that information adds up and that plays into the game for that scammer. And that's, I think that's something that people need to understand that be careful what you're posting out there also. It may not just be a picture that makes you vulnerable. It may be information you're sharing about yourself or about something that happened to you that makes you vulnerable and starts those conversations with those scammers. So Megan, Dan, any additional thoughts on this one? I would say that um, another thing that, you know, we see a lot of times is is keep in mind that people may just look to see what pages you follow. Because we hear from people that I'm just going to get off social media entirely. I don't want to engage. It's meant to be a social platform. It's meant to engage with people you know, with pages that you like, and having that ability to connect with people. So, you know, my advice to people is always don't be scared. It's a place to be social. It's just to be socially aware and make sure that you're safeguarding yourself. I know that, um, you know, when I have received those those DMs saying, hey, do you want to be an influencer? It's typically from somebody who's hoping that they've looked at the other pages I follow and that I am that market person. And so that's another thing to keep in mind that every once in a while, take a look at the accounts you follow, look at the accounts that are following you back. And if you don't know that person, just Maybe you follow them, they don't follow you. Don't allow those follows back to your account. Um, you, can, you can make those decisions and decide what you see and what you don't see. Um, and if something starts to look um, like an account has now changed from what it originally was, it might be time to just unfollow that account entirely. Yeah, so as I'm listening to all of you talk about this, I think, well, how are my people seeing the things? How are the scammers seeing what I'm posting? And so then my brain goes to, well... Have you met the person? Like, this is where I don't, I don't have Snapchat. Um, I, I take that back. I have Snapchat, but only so I can put that watermelon thing on my head. Uh, I don't know how to use Snapchat, and, you, and they're all kind of laughing at me, but I'm not lying. That's totally what Snapchat is for me. Um, you know, but I do have some social media, but I don't accept friend requests from people or people to follow me unless I've actually met this person in real life. And I think that might be a difference in generation. Uh, but I'm just curious, like, how do you navigate that? Does anybody have any thoughts about that in the room? Because, I mean, there's literally relational engineering occurring here to become your friend or follow you or be a part of who you are. And then so I can capitalize on that at some point. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, my advice would be, you know, look at, at the accounts that you have. If it is, let's say, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, what are you using, Facebook? Um, look at what do you want each of those platforms to show for you? You know, a lot of people choose to say LinkedIn's going to be my more professional account, what I want to build the content for me when I have a job someday. And maybe that account is something that you're a little bit more open to having people follow you. 
maybe your Instagram is a little bit where you keep it a little bit closer to your friends or Snapchat, just the people you you have numbers in your phone for. Uh, that's our my advice. That's that's kind of what we're looking at is just figure out what how big those circles what you want it to be, and then just be mindful of where you set that circle of, of friends. I think you nailed it on the head, Chris, with your know who it is that you're that you're friending, or at least hit before you hit that accept button, do that homework. You know, ask that friend or that connection how how you know them and and how is this relationship going to benefit me before I I just blindly hit that okay button and go that route. So um, there's no urgency there. Um, by all means, um, take your time with it and, and get to know that person. If you think they're going to benefit whatever platform you're on. Um, yeah. Just take your time with it. Yeah. And I'm drink. I'm curious too. Like, you know, do you, I'm assuming you develop organic relationships based on, you know, your employment, your, your being friends with students here on the campus at one point. Uh, is there a, I mean, this is where I get a little education too. How do you meet friends online? Like, do you, if you, do you have new relationships developed online or do you kind of do what we're saying? Like you meet them in the person first or. I do not. Okay. I have a total of three social medias. I'm very, uh, I like to call it incognito mode where no one, as much as I can, I make it possible for no one to find me. So I get a lot of, oh, I tried finding you on Facebook and I couldn't find you. I'm like, yeah, you couldn't find me for a reason. Maybe it's because I don't have one. Um, So I'm very limited on my social media. And it's because of the fact that, well, for me, it was a cyber stalker. So I had a, um, a high school classmate who created a um, several Facebook accounts and which led me to later just being sick and tired of it. I deleted it, moved all my social media stuff. Uh, this individual continued to make fake account. And so I guess when I, I don't know, I guess because of that situation, I'm like, whoa, this is serious. This is for real. This is not a joke. I need to protect myself. I'm in a city already where I'm not from. I'm not from the city. I originally came here for school and um, UW Oshkosh was a great opportunity for me as, as an employee here. But the way I go about meeting people is if I don't know you in person or if I have not met you and, you know, we had a great connection, I'm not adding you on social media whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that, sounds like, that sounds like sound advice. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're talking about is that, you know, you should make sure that they're somebody you know or somebody that you have a relationship before you just say, yep, yeah. let's be good friends. And, and for years, I've actually told people too here, like if you go to a class and you sit next to somebody in your class, just in five minutes, you're not best friends. If you, if you become acquaintances in that moment, develop the relationship a little bit longer before you let them into the confines of your social media. Because like everybody has said, but I've heard it a lot from Lieutenant Cash is that, you know, like we literally just share like where we are where we're headed, what's going on. And I mean, I was on vacation not that long ago and did post pictures of where I was. So now people know I'm not at my house, right? Or they know I'm not at somewhere else or they, you know, they know where I am and they might reach out and say, Hey, I see that you're in uh, wherever. And now they're going to use that to leverage some sort of a scam opportunity with me. And here's the, here's the other thing. Like we're not trying to freak everyone out here because this can be a heavy conversation, but it's just a little bit of a slowdown, right? Because we live in this thousand mile an hour world and you have access to 
millions of pieces of information every minute, every second. And so it's just a slow down and kind of pause for a second and go, do I really know who this is or, or not? So I, I also think, you know, some of the other scams that we get here at UW Oshkosh would be like, uh, I'm right now I'm the acting chief of police. Uh, I've actually heard somebody said they got an email from me recently and it was asking them to do something for, I don't know. I needed them to do it right now. I just, and it was that urgency. We've already talked about this a little bit, but I sent the email and I'm like, no, I didn't send the email, you know? And so it's capitalizing on a little bit of that title, right? So this is my boss, or this is somebody who's very important. And then they, they want you to do something because they know if you do that thing, then they're going to get brownie points or you're going to get extra credit for it. So it's, it's being a little careful with those things also. Well, I think one that's kind of humorous that I'll add to this podcast was a few years back, this is probably back when we started with the Fraud Squad, I had received a phone call on my sheriff's office cell phone. And it was from a lieutenant of something from the FBI who had said that I had a warrant out for my arrest and that I should call him back at this number. So I didn't waste that opportunity and I called him back immediately and um, spoke to the person and said, that's very interesting. Um, I said, where'd you get this number? And he said, well, it's, we did research. He goes, I did a background investigation and I found your number. And I said, interesting. I said, I have one question for you. I said, could you send me that warrant? And he goes, well, why would I send it to you? And I said, so I could serve it to myself. And there was a click on the other end immediately. So um, it's just uh, even cell phone numbers and things like that are easy, easily accessible and people can get it. And they're scanning, scamming everything. And uh, your example, Chris, of an email coming from you um, Law enforcement is not going to call you on the phone and tell you you have to pay something immediately. The FBI or the um, it's tax time of the year right now. The you know the IRS is not going to call and say you have to pay us immediately on the phone. Uh, that's not how that's that's again. It goes back to what Megan said earlier. What you said is slow yourself down here. Don't go in the panic mode because that's what they want you to do. Um, slow it down. Say you know what? Can I have a phone number? I'll call you back. I have to do research on that and just slow yourself down so those are I mean those are just common things that happen and I can understand especially for a young person in in the group that's listening to this how easily it would be to panic because you're at an age where uh, you have lack of experience you've had mom and dad kind of helping you all along your life and now you have your first opportunity to be on your own and you want to do right you want to make those good decisions and all of a sudden, almost somebody says, uh, you have a warrant, you have this, you have to pay this. Oh, yeah, you and don't you, want that. You don't want that happening, so <laughs> yeah. how, how am I going to get out of this real quick? And so then that's when you make mistakes. Yeah, I, I love this conversation, too, because I think for, for two things, like if I get a, a company calling me saying, hey, you need to pay this thing, or you're past due on this, or you have a warrant, you got to pay this, I'll say, well, what, what company is this? And then I'll literally go find the number myself and call them Great. and say, hey, can you tell me about this? And they'll be like, oh, we don't, we don't have anything for you. And I'll be like, okay. I mean, that's just an easy validation, right? To find the actual number for the company and call that because then they'll do that thing that you need them to. I mean, it, when this stuff started too, it was almost like number ghosting where they'd actually have a number that you would think you would know from a local area and then you wouldn't answer it. You'd call the number back and somebody would answer and they'd be like, I did not just call you. And it was actually like they ghosted somebody's else, somebody else's number to make it look like you would know who they are. 
So yeah, personal story of um, a scam that recently happened in my household was I am a huge fan of Amazon. I don't have time to go to the store all the time, so everything Amazon comes to my home. And I got an email about something that I needed to have happen. I thought it was going to be prime. It was going to get there. And I get an email saying there's something an issue with your delivery. And of course, in that like moment of panic, I need this by tomorrow. I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. And so I'm like, well, that's weird. It said it was on its route. It was already out, you know. And so I had to, again, slow down, take a few extra minutes to find out that that was a scam email. There was nothing wrong with my delivery, but it wanted me to click the link to check where my delivery was. And really, it's, again, that use of the app, the, you know, the Amazon app. Once I went in there, I realized, oh, no, there wasn't anything. But I clearly order enough from Amazon that a scammer knew that this would be a great one to use. So, again, the numbers on there were looked and appeared to be accurate. The Amazon, it came from a dot Amazon account, not, not so, again, just slowing down as what is that email coming from? Um, and just not being embarrassed. This happens every day to so many people. That really taking the stigma from that. I mean, as you were just talking about that, I was thinking, shoot, did I click on one of those? Because I, I mean, that's what, what, a, I mean, it's a horrible scam, but also a great opportunity because I don't know who doesn't use Amazon at some point. And I mean, we all, you know, if we pay for that prime, we're like, I need, I, I mean, I ordered something the other day that I'm really hoping gets here in time because I have to use it this weekend. And it would mess with me if somebody was like, it's not going to make it here. And I'd be clicking on it going, where in the world are you? I need you to be here. So, yeah. And the other nice. thing, Chris, I think is doing that, we probably all clicked on those links at some point, and it was a scam link. However, refresh your phone and clear your apps, because if you have an open app and they have the opportunity to get in because you clicked that link, now those open apps are other areas that they have access to you. Yeah. So don't leave 25 apps open on your phone. Um, I'm guilty. I mean... We're all guilty of doing that, but I like to, every time I'm in something, I flip through it and close all my apps out. So, because now they're closed and they're locked. And so they're not, it's going to be harder for them to get in. They're going to have to get a password and a username. If it's open, it's much easier once you click that link. You know, that's something you should always be doing to protect yourself. Don't leave that stuff open. Don't leave your computers open. You know, sometimes we'll sit there with our computers and we're doing 10 different things at once and you have, 10 different cycles open. You know, you got Google open, you got this open. Close out as much as you can because if something does get in, when that's open, that's easy access for them. Yeah. Dan, you've been chilling pretty quietly over there. You got some thoughts? Yeah, I can't get a word in egg dries. Everybody else has such great comments to make. <laughs> I do have a couple of numerical nuggets of knowledge to drop on on you as far as stats for for scams. We talked briefly about how this is actually happening to all of us. We've all at some point in time seen the email, seen the text reported to the Federal Trade Commission last year. There were 2.4 million fraud reports nationwide. That's a lot of just fraud reports. Total lost monetary wise, we're talking $8.8 billion. That's a billion with a B. So that's quite a lot of money that's flying out the door. The scary thing is how many of those fraud situations never got reported that we don't have any statistical data on. Probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess at least five to tenfold more than that because when we're tricked, when we're duped, when we're fooled, it sucks to admit it. Are we out 100 bucks, 200 bucks? Eh, I can live with that and just move on with my life and my day and, and, and not share the information with the local authorities because 
I don't want to be that guy or that girl. So um, the numbers are alarming. The numbers are even more alarming of how many people maybe haven't taken the next step of, of reporting something. So if it's something that you have experienced, there is no shame in, in speaking up and reaching out to your local agencies because it happens to more people than you realize. Yeah, that's really good. I was actually thinking, I wish people would feel comfortable sharing information about this because it's just like anything else. There's a stigma attached to it. I didn't want to be the one who got scammed or what are you going to do for me anyways? Or, oh my gosh, like, I don't want them to think I'm not smart and just got <laughs> played into this thing. But you, you heard all of us in this room who also work in law enforcement that just happened to us, right? So uh, it's not a, it's not an uncommon thing. And I also think too, like you're, you're reading data, you're talking about could be four to five fold, whatever that was there. I mean, I number the data skewed if we don't have it. So please let us know. For us, uh, for us at the PD, and I think for most of the agencies listed in here too, we're using a lot of data to figure out how we shift resources to solve issues. And if we don't have this, then it's hard to see a clear picture of where we need to shift resources. And for me, for like an, an acting chief role or in a leadership role, I'm really trying to figure out how do I fund or finance some of the initiatives that are really important. So, I mean, let us know, because if I don't have really good, solid numbers on it, it's hard for me to say, hey, we've got an issue here. I could use some extra help or I could use some funding or we could call in another resource. So, you know, you're not going to bother any of us. In fact, I I teach about a lot of this, uh, a lot of different things. But one, one thing I'll always say is my paycheck doesn't say pay to be bothered, but it totally should say I'm paid to be bothered. That's what we do here. Uh, you know, you're not a bother to us. That's why we're here. So any other thoughts in here? Yeah, I think um, one thing we should touch base on is college students and work studies, especially those emails that we get sent saying, hey, I have a really great opportunity for you. Come join me. You can be my private assistant. $500 a week for three weeks during interim. Great chance. And then it's just signed, Dan. Who is Dan? Dan's in the room here, actually. Oh, so. I'm so sorry, Dan. That was <laughs> just a, that was for me. You can you can definitely you know reply okay. to that one. But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Just an example. We will change the name to Jill. There you go, Jill. I Dan like and Jill. Jill. Yeah, there you go. And so um, this actually happened to my sister. I've gotten several emails like this in the past, but um, my sister was actually someone who actually followed through as she was she was in contact with this person it seemed really legit she checked the website it was a really legit legit website and they said we will send you a check for you to take to the bank and deposit um, and they told her once you have deposited that check let us know so once she did they did not contact her back and she checked her bank account and she was over three thousand dollars in in negatives and the negatives so she was in debt my sister was a brand new college student at the time you know as we all know a hundred dollars is very very valuable to college students so just be aware of those work study opportunities that they're out there for the all uw Oshkosh students please use handshake it's a legit website. It goes through our Career and Professional Development Center, and it's it has amazing tools and resources for you to go out there and find a legit job, internship, externship, whatever it is that you're looking for to gain networking skills and develop those um, 
those those skills that will help you develop into a great person. But that's just one example out of many, right? And luckily, she did report her. So if this does happen to you, go to your school's administrative office. Go to the dean of students' office. Tell someone that can do something about it because there is potential for some money to get recovered and also for us to be more aware of the next person who may be a victim of this or the next scammer that might be doing this on campus. I think that's a great story. And I think, you know, I was thinking about that too. Uh, I don't, I think those are on like Facebook jobs now, or there's like all kinds of jobs. I'm sure you get those on LinkedIn, but five, $500 a week to walk your dog or, I mean, what, what, what are some of the jobs that are out there right now that I, I mean, I've, I haven't seen a flyer for one in a while, but. Well, I I would say a, a serious aspect of some of this can actually be, we've seen that locally where there is a, some potential trafficking that can come out of that. Um, So that's the other piece that just being extra vigilant about those messages that you're receiving or somebody that happens to hit you up at the mall while you're there and wants to to further those conversations that that it doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's something that that now, you know, our community is so much more aware of. But if you're ever in that weird, uncomfortable situation, just just seek out somebody that's nearby. I'm sure they'll be willing to help. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I've heard a story about that recently where Somebody was kind of walking next to somebody and was like, hey, we want to talk to you more about a position or whatever. That's kind of weird, too, that somebody would just walk up to you. I mean, students, I've done, I've totally done that to you, but I'm in uniform, you know, and walk up and say, hey, I could use you as a CSO, which, by the way, I could. And this is a legit podcast. I'm just saying this isn't like a scam podcast. <laughs> so please look at getting a CSO job. But, yeah, there's a, there's there's so many things out there. It's just, I mean, if we really boil this down, it's about, pausing it's about slowing down i mean we're hearing that they capitalize on urgency they capitalize on how they figure out who you are they sometimes will take time to figure out who you are before they try to navigate what it looks like to get something from you and and i think there's just a lot of different things that could be a possibility one one thing i'm interested too and this kind of connects to scam fraud extortion i have had a couple situations on campus and actually near campus where there's an Apple AirTag thing going on. And I'm interested if this is happening in your communities too. So somebody will say that uh, there's trying, somebody's trying to connect to their phone with an AirTag and then they're tracking them. Is anybody else uh, in the Fox Valley? Are you seeing this or hearing about this? Dorinka, you got a story about this? I've definitely heard about this. Um, there's a lot. I'm I'm on TikTok. Well, that's one of the platforms I'm on. And that's probably one of the, the tags that I searched because I was like, oh my gosh, how do I prevent myself from becoming a victim of this? It's so easy to become a victim of this. And it's honestly... It's scary. So this is this is a good conversation point because I'm not on TikTok and I think not everything on TikTok is true. So I'm interested in some thoughts about. Why well, you guys look surprised about this? Like the, it, I don't I don't know I don't have TikTok. Is everything true on there? It is not. Oh okay, it's not it's not all true. Megan, fill us in. <laughs> Uh, so in relation to air tags, what we are seeing with air tags, they're being involved in a lot of stalking and domestic cases. So we're not seeing them, you know, across the country so much as like random interactions. So when we look at like, what would be the need? Why would somebody want to be doing that? It's an investment of someone's time and money. So for instance, you meet someone in a bar like you'd see on TikTok and of course creates that sense of urgency and is scary. 
if that person doesn't know that you live with five roommates and you also have all of these other factors, it's kind of like a money loss on their end. So we are seeing them um, in the real world being used in those long-term stalking cases or uh, a domestic violence situation where somebody is tracking them. A lot of my work um, with my, my unit is victim services and that ability to serve victims in a different way. And that is what we're seeing is the, the air tags being used um, in a lot of those cases across the country, as well as for a while, there was a trend for parents wanting to put air tags on their kids. So they, there was a, an easier way for parents to be able to say, where are my kids at when they're at school? They can track them on their way to school and their way home, especially when you have kids that are a lot younger than, you know, cell phone age. But again, it's it's that option that somebody else can can see that air tag in that space. So yeah, so that's where that's where my mind was going. So I'm I'm not really that intelligent when it comes to an air tag. I don't own any of these things. But how far can you track that? I think it's based on like if I have an air tag, it's assigned to my phone. Let's say it's three miles away and you're close to it, and you can you have the air tag app or whatever that you're gonna have to fill me in on this. But then it would alert me that your phone sees it. How how does that work? It, there's a lot of different settings. It's not as as easy as TikTok makes it sound. I don't get me wrong. I love a good TikTok hack, but uh, when when we look at the validity of how this is going to work, um, it's not going to work as easy as as it appears on TikTok. TikTok, it's definitely going to need to be something that you have it registered to your phone. It's something you're going to see within a certain distance. So the yeah. uh, availability of somebody being able to actually track you from a distance and and stay consistent with that is pretty low yeah so that's good i i'm asking all these questions not because i i'm I'm not super smart i'm not the expert in this area but i certainly am curious about the idea of what you all think about these things and i mean i've done a little bit of googling Uh, i think the general tracking distance for an air tag is very small it's a it's a minimum of feet in some capacities but there's obviously technologies that you can use to advance that distance a little bit. So the the potential of scamming and tracking with an air tag is low, but there's also something to be thinking about. And if you had a situation occur that you thought, man, somebody might be tracking me, please tell us, Re- report that to us, right? Because again, if we don't have the data and we don't understand what's going on, it's a little harder to put resources into that area and educate folks on this. So are, are there other tracking devices that you're hearing about out there? I mean, we're, we're hearing about it um, definitely with different, you know, apps and things that are available. When we look, though, at statistics overall, everyone has a cell phone. And if you allow someone access to yep. your platforms, it's like having an instant tractor in your pocket. So yep. a lot of that is just drawing on that human connectedness with others. You know, the biggest personal safety advice that we give, especially to very young women in our police department, that if you're out and about and you make eye contact with somebody, you observe and let them know that you see them and that that you see that they're sitting there, oftentimes that person may move on to someone else. And it's the same when it comes to, to using your social media and then the other personal safety aspects. I think that's great. And I sometimes don't know exactly where the answers to the question is going to go, but I certainly understand that, you know, anything that you allow somebody into is an opportunity to track, right? So if we become Instagram followers and my location settings aren't set up right if we're Snapchat friends and my I, I mean I've I've seen the Snapchat map I mean if you don't have your location settings on right it literally puts you in a space on a map where people can see where you are uh, life 360 I mean there's so many ways to potentially track how you're doing things and so it's just being careful about who do you allow into your space and when you think about personal space 
my question always becomes like, you know, when somebody walks up to you, how close do they have to be to you before you start feeling uncomfortable? It's probably a little different for every person, right? But you get start getting within that six to seven feet range and people start getting a little nervous, right? But as soon as you hit accept on being a friend, they're already there. They're hugging you, right? Like depending on what you share. So it's just thinking about creating that space in your social media that allows you some privacy, that allows you the opportunity to kind of separate from the world a little bit. And so if you're not sure, uh, reach out. I mean, you got, there's some experts sitting in this room. Again, I think, you know, we got Appleton Police, Fox Crossing Police, Town of Winnicott Police Department, and just give them a call if you have a question or shoot an email. I'm, I'm sure they're happy to answer some of these questions. If you're in any one of these communities, if you're at UW Oshkosh, you can email UWO Police Department and we'll connect you. Or, or chat with us on UWO Mobile or give us a call. We want to help guide you through some of these situations that you can be safer. There's, there's a lot of things out there. And guess what? Tomorrow, there's going to be a new technology that comes out that you'll have to try to navigate. Or there's a new way to create a I don't know, TikTok video or whatever. I, I was on TikTok for probably two weeks, and then I felt really old, and I just got off TikTok. So I'm not, I'm not cool anymore. I'm really sorry. Uh, but you know what? TikTok can't get me because I'm not there. So, I mean, honestly, that's a great point of feedback, too, is if if you're not sure, just get off of it. You know what I mean? Try something else uh, and, and try to navigate it in the best way. And so I hope this podcast is helpful. I'm just wondering, you know, as I look around the room, is there any last points that anybody want to talk about? Everybody looks pretty good. I want to say thank you to the Star Belly Dream Blend. Dream Dream Light. Star, Star Belly Dream Light turn, was in the room it, it the whole time. It turns on, yes. It has stars on the ceiling when oh, you turn the colors it's actually kind of cool i mean it's very cool i'm glad that the star belly's in the room and i hope uh, i'm going to put some blessings on this star belly right now so that that thing protects whatever child is in there i mean how cool to just kind of think that um you know there's a lot of good conversation in here and really the idea is that we just give you some information that you can make informed decisions about so that you're safer so Thank you. I just want to say thank you to everybody in the room for investing some time in our community. And also, if, you, if you're if you in any one of their communities, I'm, I'm hoping that you find this useful. And uh, I appreciate you all. So check us out, UWOPD on the mic, and we'll see you on the next episode.